Hello and welcome to this Miyagi podcast. Today I'm joined by Andrew Busby of Retail Reflections, who will be bringing you a roundup of the 2018 National Retail Federation Big Show from New York. Andrew, welcome back from the show and thanks for joining us today. Thanks very much, JP. So you had a good trip back and the snow didn't catch you out? No, I managed to miss all the snow and got back in record time. Apparently the uh, the winds coming back from the US to us uh, were that strong, so uh, we all made it in under six hours. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was great. A good trip. Excellent. Pleased to hear it. So, Andrew, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and obviously Retail Reflections, what that represents as a business as well. Yeah, sure. Thanks. My retail journey started about 20 years ago. I uh, did a spell at um, Kingfisher and I just loved uh, being in a, a retail environment. And I then went on and um, had a career with a number of different um, vendors, but always uh, working with um, typically tier one retailers in, in the UK. And um, probably about six or seven years ago, as I term it, my extracurricular activity, which is really in, in the background writing um, about uh, retail, really started to uh, to happen. And I love doing that. And I nearly a year ago now, I um, formed uh, uh, Retail Reflections as a, as a company. Basically, what uh, we are, um, we're very small. It's myself and my uh, my partner. Um, who also happens to be my wife, uh, so we're we're a close knit uh, community, uh, and we're a, we're a retail. We describe ourselves as a retail analyst uh, organisation. So we write and speak about uh, a wide variety of different subjects on retail. So that's uh, uh, on the the high street, the consumer, uh, technology, and also interestingly, and um, whilst we're not unique, there are very few of us around who also combine uh, psychology in that mix. So my wife is, uh, uh, she's a qualified uh, business and consumer psychologist. And uh, that's something which um, for us is really exciting because um, the psychology of the consumer, I think, is going to become a more and more important subject as we see uh, retail with it, all its challenges, as uh, as we know, and so understanding how we all operate as human beings and our thought processes, particularly when we're making buying decisions, I think is going to become more and more relevant. So, as a close friend of me, Aggie, you know how totally focused we are on using our learning network of suppliers, retailers, and skills experts to, to give sales associates everywhere the best, most relevant, and engaging learning experience. Um, ultimately, Miyagi's goal is to use technology to transform the customer experience for shoppers visiting bricks and mortar stores wherever they are, really. But we also know that there's hundreds of different applications of technology in retail today, and many of those were showcased at the NRF Big Show that just closed. So, Andrew, I'm sure our listeners are excited to get a roundup of the show and to hear uh, your thoughts, really, on the latest developments there. So uh, let's get right into it. Well, first of all, a little bit about the, the show. I'm sure quite a few of the people listening have, uh, have, uh, are aware of it or have been to it. But uh, for those of you who, uh, who haven't, NRF is held annually in January in New York. Um, it's one of, if not the largest retail show on the calendar. There were there are around about 35,000 attendees, uh, about 18,000 retailers um, from 95 countries and over 600 exhibitors. Uh, and this is over three days. Um, the way that I look at it is to, is to take uh, kind of take uh, a litmus test, um, test the temperature of, of retail and uh, and what's happening and, and what are the trends to uh, to be looking out for. Mm. And I think these days it's even more important than ever um, to be able to do that because, as we all know, things are changing uh, within retail so rapidly that you have to keep ahead of the curve just to understand. Now, what you need to be looking out for, what does the next 12 months um, hold? 
shows like NRF are very useful just to be able to get that insight and just to keep uh, up to date on uh, on what's hot really in uh, in the retail world. Yeah, so on that basis then, so what were the themes from the show for you that, that you were front and centre? Well, I've I've picked out six, um, which I'll just quickly go through, and we can we can delve into uh, some of them uh, yeah, if you like, JP. But um, the first one was uh, whereas before technologies have been seen and talked about pretty much in isolation, what I noticed uh, this year was that now it's a, a blend of technologies. So as an example of that, facial recognition. There, there were plenty of smart mirrors around in previous years. Um, but now it's facial recognition with artificial intelligence. So the point of all that is that it's, it's now uh, maturing and we're now getting technology solutions which have now found a home in as much as they've found a, a business case which a retailer can really start to use. The second one, which is kind of linked to that, was um, virtual reality, which I think has now found a home. And I, and I saw one great example of that from an apparel outfitter called Roots, who are a Canadian outfitter. And they've really used um, VR to blend the physical and with the digital. And that was uh, a theme in itself that came from the, from the show. So they showed an example of a fashion show, a catwalk, where they blended physical models with uh, virtual reality. But the audience wasn't just simply passive. They were able to interact and engage through social media, and they were also able to purchase so that um, was really interesting for me because I think for me, VR in the past has kind of been, well, yeah, I get it, but I'm not sure whether we're all going to be wanting to stick on those headsets and so forth. Now it starts to really have, uh, have found a home. The, the third that I picked out was that it's clear that spending on services and experiences is going to continue. And uh, I mean that uh, as opposed to just simply on uh, goods. And with that, um, obviously, the whole theme and trend of experiential retail comes on the, uh, on the back of that. We know that um, stores are going to be, they're, they're going to be less stores, but those that there will be are, are going to have a different look and feel uh, to them. So that, that type of spending is, uh, is set to continue. The, the fourth trend was, um, again, exciting and encouraging, particularly if you're a consumer, um, there are a lot of solutions on show which were all about a more frictionless and seamless uh, shopping experience. Now, in the past, those terms, I think, have been concepts and they've been invented by uh, by the vendors. Now, again, they're becoming a reality. Um, so that might mean ease of checkout and payment. Or again, it could be facial recognition. So the store associate can recognize you and can see your uh, your shopping history and all of that interestingly is meaning that 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 whole experience and that that um, personalization is becoming far more relevant and therefore this this concern I think that we all often have about well is that going to be kind of somehow intrusive and creepy well that's that's kind of disappearing which is a great thing the fifth and I've kind of alluded to it, was very much the, the pivotal role of the store. One of the sessions I attended put it very nicely, and it said that the store really is at the, the junction, if you like, of a number of different things. Customer experience, as I already mentioned, but also the supply chain, physical in terms of the product, the experience, digital, 
the role of the store associate. Of course, the head the online grabs the headlines, and we know that that's increasing. But as an interesting thing about the store, and, and some research that NRF and um, IBM provided um, at one of the uh, press and analyst briefings I attended, they did um, a poll recently. They did some research of uh, 15,000 Generation Z. So that's people who are up to 22 years old. They did a research of, of uh, as I say, 15,000 globally. And would you believe that 98% of Gen Z said that they prefer shopping in store? So all this talk of the store being being dead, of course, we know is, you know, it's simply grabbing the headlines and and, uh, we really shouldn't pay any attention to it. I think the thing is that there will be less stores, but the stores that are left will be far better. And again, I think that's exciting for all of us. Totally agree on that. I think the the important thing there is that you know those Gen Z guys uh, are all carrying their smartphones. Have been have been blamed so many times by many people and analysts included that you know the reason why online was so strong. So that's uh, that's really exciting to hear. I think. Yeah, absolutely, and and, uh, and it, I think it all comes back to the fact that yeah they will do their research online, and yes, of course there will be certain things that you you shop for online. But the whole uh, experience, and, and, and let's face it, um, we're, we're social beings and shopping is a social activity in many ways, um, but it's also a sensory activity. Even though the likes of ASOS and Boohoo, um, great companies, great brands doing very well, uh, and they have a place and I'm sure will continue to, uh, to have a place. But the feel, the touch, the smell of the garment or even the electrical uh, item or whatever it is, uh, you know, I guess that's the reason why people love to visit Apple stores. You know, you could easily buy those sorts of things online. But no, you want to go in, you want to talk to somebody, you want to feel it, you want to touch it and so forth. So um, I think it's great news. And uh, and that was certainly reflected at, at the show. The last, I've kind of saved the best till last, really. And, and these trends kind of came out in chronological order as I went through the three days of the show. Um, but the last, I kind of had a, an, an artificial intelligence day uh, on Tuesday. So I think that you cannot underestimate the impact which artificial intelligence, AI, will have on our lives, not just in retail. I think AI will provide the bedrock, the platform uh, upon which retail businesses will will be able to thrive. Um, I think it's that important. For those who it may not be on their radar yet, uh, they may already be behind the curve and may find it hard to catch up. But the the potential of this technology um, now is is really starting to be realised. And I mentioned earlier when in its um, mix with them, facial recognition. But it, it was interesting that at the show this time, rather than AI being discussed within the context of the technology itself, it was now being discussed in the context of a business use uh, and, and how it can benefit the retailer and therefore the uh, the consumer. And, and it reaches into all different parts of a retail business, not simply the back end, uh, whether that be supply chain or help desk, uh, service center, but into the front end as well, particularly um, helping the uh, the store associate uh, to be um, better informed and therefore better engaged with uh, with the customer, uh, and and therefore you know the chances of conversion, sale, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, are going to be that much increased. So um, yeah, AI for me 
was the standout of, uh, of the show this year. Excellent stuff. Um, so just moving, so taking those streams really from the show, how much of that do you think is accessible to, to smaller and middle, middle-sized retailers, or is this all about the big box stores and the, and the, the U.S. giants? Oh, I think it's accessible to um, to pretty much uh, the majority of, of retailers, and uh, most definitely, and you don't have to be one of the big players. I, th- I think it's the, and it was interesting that uh, some of the the smaller startups, if uh, if you like, uh, are using this uh, this technology and using it in quite imaginative ways. And, and I think one of the reasons for that is that. Um, the much more established big players have got their own internal structures and organisations, which uh, can sometimes play a part in uh, in this. The much smaller retailers kind of cut through all of that, and they can make decisions very, very quickly. And typically, they are probably owned and run by people who may still be classified as millennials. So, in other words, they have a slightly different appreciation and perspective on what this technology can do for for a business and so so they they can they're they're more agile and uh, they can adapt much more quickly and as i say that they typically uh, are more imaginative the the important thing also to to bear in mind is that they're not afraid to to fail um you know they they'll try things if it works and great if it doesn't okay you know it hasn't harmed the brand you you move on you try something else so i think uh, that um, it's accessible to an awful lot of retailers well it's really encouraging to hear obviously there's a lot of talk in the press about ai and the, the demise of the smaller retailer and then that's contradicted often with the, the discussions around the specialists being the, the leader in the future so uh, the fact that these technologies are available to everybody uh, across the gamut of retail scale then um, you know that, that's got to be good news right absolutely yes definitely so from the show then um, across those themes were, were there any particular standout suppliers that you met with or spoke to so it, it was interesting, uh, and I, I generally don't gravitate towards the uh, the big players because I like to see what some of the, the smaller startups uh, are bringing. And the at NRF, they each year for the last few years, they've had what they call an innovation lab. And so this is a, a chance for startups to, to show their tech and, 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 uh, and for uh, delegates of the show to see what's just coming just around the corner. Now, uh, last year's show, they had the... Similar sort of area for, for the expo, but then they also had a stage where they had sessions running. Um, this year, same sort of thing, but the stage area was probably six or seven times larger. And it was fascinating that this year it was absolutely packed, standing room only at every session. And I think that's indicative of the show and, and, and where it's at. So that was quite interesting. And it said to me that I wasn't alone in wanting to see what some of these smaller, more niche players are, are doing. It's great that you should mention that, Andrew, actually. Back in 2017, Miyagi were fortunate enough to win an award from the NRF uh, for our work in AI in retail learning. Uh, it's exciting to hear that that, uh, that scheme is going from strength to strength over there. Retail Reflections, uh, for the first time this year, uh, ran uh, what we called a, a Star of NRF 2018 Award. And that was basically to the, the solution which we felt kind of encapsulated the show and, and was, um, you know, was something that uh, was innovative and um, interesting. And um, this we loved because it was very simple, very straightforward, very easy to deploy. And it was something from a, a vendor who are based in the U.S. called Shelf Bucks. 
And what Shelf Bucks allows a retailer to do is through sensors that they place in displays, they allow typically CPG customers. So we're talking about the likes of Procter & Gamble, Unilever. Whenever they run a promotion, there's typically... Are going to be uh, a display unit. Now, the figures are quite staggering, apparently, and I didn't realize this, anything up to 70, 70% of these display units never find it onto the shop floor. And the reason for that is that the typically the store manager is so busy and so overwhelmed that they never get the chance to put these out and stock them. So that's clearly bad for the CPG customer, it's clearly bad for the retailer, and it's clearly bad for the consumer. What Shelfbucks does is allows the monitoring of that so that they don't end up simply, which again, a lot of them do, they simply stay in the storeroom at the back of the store and then they go into a skip or they go into a, into a bin, which is quite, quite staggering. And the reason why we liked it was just so simple, so elegant and can be rolled out ever so easily. So that was a, that was a great example. So a couple there, the, at the other end of the scale, um, that uh, I just wanted to mention, this is really because of their AI capability, was um, was IBM. For me, in many ways, Watson was again um, the star of the show. It's now becoming mature and, and integrated into, um, into quite a few uh, retailer solutions. And interestingly, what IBM are now saying is that what, what they're looking at is what they call hyperlocal data optimization. So in other words, what they're doing now is using Watson to look at elements like the weather and local activities and predict what they will have on potential sales. And when they do that, and when they they have hyper-localized um, store formats, uh, as they refer to them, then they're experiencing three to five percent uplift in, uh, in net sales. So again, it's it's a good way and a good use of the technology as opposed to the technology being presented um, in isolation. Uh, it's interesting to hear that somebody as big and, and obviously globally reaching as IBM have taken a local view on this and, and their application. It's something that uh, we at Miyagi have uh, spent a long time really trying to tailor training materials down to an individual user. So um, that's really exciting to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And I think your point there about the store associate, and, and, and maybe we can talk about that a little bit, because, again, the, the importance of the store is absolutely undisputed uh, and, and therefore the store being so critical for a retailer and the quality of the store, it follows, and this is again a, um, a theme that came from the show, it follows that the store associate uh, has to be better than ever, which means that they have to be more informed than ever, more engaged than ever, know as much as they possibly can about um, individual shoppers. Um, so I think the role of the store associate is very quickly going to evolve into a, a really key role for a retailer. And I think that what we will see is retailers will come to see their, their store workforce as an asset, as opposed, I think there are maybe too many who still kind of look at them as um, the, the biggest uh, cost on their balance sheet. I think they will very quickly come to realize that their store associate is probably their biggest asset. Absolutely. So that kind of leads nicely onto my next question, really, which is in the whole gamut of technology that, that's that's aiming at 
the, the massive market that is retail. Um, how do you feel that people working in retail at the front line, these sales and postage, are going to be impacted by this march of technology? By which I mean, uh, you know, is, is much of the technology that's out there, especially around the show, aimed at assisting those guys, or is it really there to replace? What's the kind of what's the kind of feeling that you've got there, Andrew? Well, I think the popular view. Um, and certainly the view that was expressed by a number of people at last year's show was that automation and robotics uh, were going to replace, um, I think I saw in one session last year, anything up to 45% of the jobs in retail will go. And that did, didn't just include um, back office and supply chain, where, yes, in warehouses, um, possibly in driving the trucks because they'll become autonomous, we know certainly that um, AI and, and voices uh, is being deployed in um, call centers and service centers. But the message from the show this year was really that anybody working in retail, particularly on the front line in stores, can look forward to far more enjoyable, exciting jobs. Because what's going to happen is that the automation is going to automate the mundane parts of their job. So an example of that will be um, checking inventory and um, well that, that that can all be and will all be done by robots in the future that's an example another one would be um, checkouts now uh, and I spoke to NCR about this I'm not the world's biggest fan of self-service checkout but I accept that rather like years ago we were all educated by the oil companies that we really ought to get out of our cars and fill them up with fuel ourselves rather than somebody doing it for us, I think that we will get used to the fact that we need to self-check out. Now, again, people could say, well, yeah, and that's going to mean that there'll be less jobs. The net net of it, I'm not convinced, will be a net loss because, as we all thought years ago with the personal computer and email, et cetera, et cetera, we would have more leisure time. Well, we've probably got less. I think the same applies here. And so I think that for somebody working in retail, particularly the stores, as you, you mentioned, uh, they should look forward to uh, roles which are far more interesting, but it'll be far more one of um, trusted advisor and relationship management and building and engaging uh, directly in advisory capacities with the customer. Fantastic. So more like a concierge type approach to retail, perhaps? Yeah, that would be a very good way of putting it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you ever envisage a day, you know, within our, within our professional lives where somebody who's well-informed, a sales associate on the shop floor who's taken the right training and has got the right information available to them can ever be replaced by technology? Or is, is it always going to come down to human-to-human to, to human contact? No, I, I'm absolutely convinced it'll always be the latter. Um, you know, it, it, it's very much a, a human business. Whereas I think we all like technology, we don't like it to show its face, we like it to be under the covers. We value that, that human interaction. And um, I, don't think, uh, I don't think that that would, uh, that would ever uh, be replaced. Uh, somebody in one of the sessions, I think it was um, somebody, uh, an analyst from um, Deloitte, who was talking about the trends around the world and, uh, and so forth. And he said, well, you know, I could have quite easily have got a robot to sit here and read out the same words that I'm reading and, and, and show you the same slides. But would you have got out of it 
as much as as you're getting? And would there have been the same interaction and nuances and so on and so forth that, of course, we as humans recognise? And, of course, the answer is no to that. And I think the same applies to um, very much to uh, stores and store associates where it'll always be the human touch, which uh, and the human touch will actually be the the difference between those those retailers who succeed and and those who who perhaps struggle because it's that interface uh, which uh, which really matters for people. So do you feel that technology that's there to support and enhance the sales associates really going to come to the forefront here? Or? A lot of this comes back to the um, the fear that people have had um, historically of the um, the intrusiveness and, and the creepiness. But I would suggest most people are going to be quite happy and welcoming of somebody who's got that knowledge. And as I as I keep repeating, I know, but you know, it is adding value to my to my shopping journey. So, in answer to your question, JP, then yeah, absolutely, the empowerment of the store associate. Uh, is going to be one of the key trends that we see in the in the coming years. You know, if we if we just look at the role of the store associate of the future today, it's viewed as somebody who uh, is um, working incredibly hard, long hours, stacking shelves. It's viewed as all the mundane tasks. Well, a lot of those are, are going to be automated. I'm not necessarily thinking about grocers here, but I, I guess they probably come into this as well. But if it be fashion, apparel, homeware, furniture, electricals, they're not going to carry full inventory. That in itself uh, changes the dynamics of a store completely um, for the store uh, employee, where they're not having to act like a mini um, warehouse all the time. So. Compare that type of demand on somebody working in store with the future where much of the skill set and the activity is going to be all around uh, working with the customer and advising. So the, the sort of store associate that we see currently in more specialists, so I'm thinking maybe pet stores, outdoor, sports and electricals, where their role over the last few years has very much shifted and is focused more on employee product knowledge mm. and the uh, trusted advisor, I think we're going to see an expansion of that. Uh, and in that way, I hope and, and I predict that we'll see that the role will be, be perceived in uh, quite a different way. So if, I, if you had to sum up the NRF Big Show for 2018 in, in one, uh, one short sentence and kind of the state of play of the market that that represents, what would that be, Andrew? I used this uh, in, uh, in a blog before, and, um, and then uh, Doug McMillan in his session, um, the CEO of Walmart, uh, used it as well. And that was from uh, Mark Twain, uh, who said that reports of uh, my death are exaggerated. Uh, and I think that's that absolutely for me sums up um, NRF uh, in terms of uh, retail and the stores. It clearly isn't dead. The retail apocalypse certainly isn't happening. I think the, the opposite is true. The overall impression from NRF is that um, it's very optimistic. And I think we've got a lot of exciting things to look forward to. Awesome. Thank you. So that about wraps up our session here, Andrew. Thanks so much for bringing the best of the show to us and our listeners today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. If this podcast raises any questions for Miyagi or indeed Andrew, please drop us a line on info at miyagi.com and one of us will get right back to you. 
And don't forget to check out our websites at miyagi.com and retail-reflections.co.uk. If you enjoyed this session, please subscribe to our regular podcasts and we'll keep you up to date with what's going on in retail, learning and great customer experience. Thanks again for listening.